0: What is up, my love? Welcome to the Love Stands Here podcast. I'm your host, Megan Brianna from LoveStandsHere.com, and I'm a life coach, a certified eating psychology coach, but most of all, I'm just a girl who really loves Jesus and has spent a lot of time learning how to not only discover my word through Him but also how to cultivate the characteristics that we're called into in order to live a healthy and purposeful life of love and service. My friend, living in the world can be really tough and all too often we're taught beliefs and given messages by a broken society that make us feel like we're never enough and our worth is only skin deep. But I'm here to share some good news. Your worth is not in the world, but in God's beautiful word. So if you're looking for encouragement to live and love better, you're in the right place. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share with your friends if you feel called, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Love ya. Welcome to 2022. I cannot believe it's been almost a year since the last time I recorded and published an episode. I apologize for that. Uh, 2021 was definitely a heavy year. I was going through my own stuff, really growing pains, but also a lot of people in my immediate world outside of virtual insanity were going through some heavy stuff themselves, tragedy and just other things. And I wanted to make sure I was there for them. And if you don't know, I have been on and offline uh, working to share my wisdom and my story and my experiences, and encourage courage for almost six years now, and it's been very intermittent. I've gone up and down and all over the place. Just It's just been a whole process of trying to figure out which direction I want to go, and ultimately, it's it's led me to Jesus, which has been a huge blessing and ministry, and I'm still working it out, but moving forward here, it's still going to be My whole message that your worth is in God's word and not in the world. That's a very, very important message for me. I'm very passionate about it because I've always been a very deep introspective person and I've done a lot of work on myself as far as, you know, it started with physical and then I started becoming more um, mindful about mental health and emotional health and then spiritual health. But all of the resources that I was utilizing were um, worldly resources, and while I learned a lot about myself and I developed new levels of awareness, I only got so far. I never actually got to a place where I was healing, and I also had this—I had this idea that you actually can get to this healed place where you never have to work ever again to deal with your inner stuff. And then I met Jesus and I finally stepped into truth and everything about um, Christianity and a life with Jesus and the Bible made sense to me. It was the only thing in the world that's ever made sense to me. So walking this path has been really, really beautiful and helped me understand that you can't heal in the world. You, you can you can learn a lot from secular resources, but you can't you can't do life in a healthy way without Jesus. That is just what I believe, and that is what um, I'm going to continue to talk about here because it's been my journey from being very much a part of the world where I was. I thought my body was my sense of worth. I was very codependent on men. I partied, I drank too much. Um, You know, I engaged in casual sex too much. I did all of the things that society tells us is normal. And alongside that, I was also trying to be healthy. And I was trying to heal. And I was trying to be a better person and trying to love others better and trying to love myself. And I You know, like I said, I got to a deeper, I got to deeper levels of consciousness and deeper levels of awareness and I obtained more and more knowledge, but I never understood what it was actually like to experience love and to be able to receive love and to be able to give love to others until I met Jesus. And that's just my story. Had you suggested four years ago that uh, having a spiritual relationship with God or with Jesus would have been my path. I would have been like, okay, I'm good. I don't want to be put in that box. And now, I realize it's just the best thing in the entire world. So, my message: Your worth is in God's word and not in the world. And I'm going to talk a lot about body dysmorphia. Um, you know, uh, using your body as a means for happiness and codependency and relationships. And you know, truth be told, I made single 35-year-old woman who's, you know, one of my biggest dreams has always been to find a loving partner and have a family of my own and just to be active in changing the world. I mean, those are my biggest dreams, but for so long, my focus was on finding a partner. And now I'm realizing that you know, the last couple of years I've started to realize that my focus needs to be on my relationship with Jesus, and from that, as a side effect, I believe He's going to bring me the perfect man. Um, so, I want to talk a little bit about that today because this year is the first year that I'm healthy, I have a great relationship with Jesus. And I'm actually going to actively not pursue dating. So just a quick backstory. At the end of 2018, I was had been in a very toxic relationship with a narcissistic abuser. I talk about this all the time because it's it's my story. <laughs> and I had been living in Arizona for nine years and I had basically given everything up to be with this person and I had given up my identity even And I got kicked out. I got kicked out of my entire life in Arizona. I had nowhere to go. I had no money. And I ended up having to, within a few days, move 2,600 miles back home to the East Coast and move in with my mom, back in with my mom at 32. That was a big hit to my ego. And I was just sick. I had been so depressed from this relationship for so long and so codependent. I had no idea who I was. Everything I knew about myself felt false. Everything I knew about the world felt false. And at the end of the day, it's because I was going through a spiritual awakening. Um, And I believe fully that God brought me back here because it's what I needed to heal and move into the next chapter of my life because I was not going in the right direction. And FYI, this is after I had done... 14 years of work um you know I got my associates in psychology so I could understand psychology better and I could work you know with my mental health um I had been in health and fitness for so long so I could figure out my body and how it worked so I could be healthier except for so long it was more about looking a certain way I won't go into that um I had started understanding emotional health and spiritual health, except, you know, before Jesus, to me, it was the universe and the the universe controlled everything. New age spirituality. That's kind of what you get when you go into the coachy coachy world. And, um, up until that point, that's what I was doing. And I still ended up in a very toxic, narcissistic, abusive relationship with this person because I had so little self-esteem and I was so codependent and I just believed that I don't know I don't I didn't I just didn't have any self-worth whatsoever I had no idea how to get there in spite of everything that I did so I ended up back home with my mom I lost I had to leave half of my stuff back in Arizona I still don't have it which is perfectly fine and from then on You know, the first six months I was home, I couldn't work. I was so mentally ill and it had gotten to the point where my depression, like my stress was so high level every day. um, I had started to develop swelling in my hands and feet and ankles Um, almost every single day. I developed um, acne on my face that I had never experienced before. I just had a lot of physical symptoms from depression. So don't ever let anybody tell you that emotional and mental health isn't important and it can't cause disease because it absolutely can and it will and it does, especially where we are in our world right now. But that depression and that waking up every day wishing that I hadn't woken up, I just wanted to fall asleep and never wake up again. That is where I found Jesus. And that's when my healing really started. And from I think that year. So that was the end of 2018. And then in 2019, after I started to feel a little bit better, cause at first I didn't even want to go out of the house. I was scared of people, especially men. I had no idea how to interact with men anymore. Not that I ever really did. Um, but once I did finally start getting out and I did, you know, I finally, I found a part-time job on a farm, which I still work in the summers cause it's amazing. Um, and it's so my jam. I just love working outside and in the flowers. Anyway, <laughs> I started dabbling in, in talking to guys again. And I went on a date, which was terrible. And then in the summer, I like met a guy on Instagram. And we, we were talking for like four months. And we went out a couple times. And then I ended up dating a guy near me for three weeks. And it all just ended up like none of it was good. I was still nowhere near in a good place to be dating. And then 2020 happened and we kind of were all forced to quarantine and not be around each other. So the end of 2019 to the end of 2020 was the longest I have gone without dating anybody. It was about 13 months. And I was kind of actively just focused on my relationship with myself and with God. And it was the best year of my life. And I know that so Um, contrary to what other people have experienced, but after what I experienced at the end of 2018 into 2019, 2020 was great. I was on this other side of where I had been and I got to spend time with my mom and I got to spend time, um, alone and cultivating my relationship with God in isolation. And that's what I needed. So it was great. So that was the longest I went without dating. And then I started actively dating again last year in 2021. Um, and so at the end of 2020, I had really started, like I said, cultivating my relationship with Jesus. And it was, you know, from that I was starting to understand what it's like what it should be like to actually have a healthy relationship and so I decided you know I created all of these boundaries for myself and you know I decided I was going to stick to them and I had all these new values and I also decided that I was going to wait um, to be sexually active again until marriage so 2021 was when I started Um, I got on dating apps again, and I was trying to keep it in the realm of, you know, I wanted to date only Christian men because I knew that they would have the same or similar values as me. So that's what I was looking for. And it ended up being a really interesting experience. You know, I think uh, because of my own journey with Christianity and how powerfully it started, like I didn't just decide to start reading the bible or going to church or whatever i was saved literally by a book falling at my feet i i was depressed i didn't want to wake up every day i had no idea who i was i had no sense of reality everything just felt off and fake and i i didn't know what was going to happen next i had no hope i was full of discouragement and a book fell at my feet, and I started journaling, and that's where it started for me. It was, it was just a very powerful and obvious encounter with God for me, and it completely changed my life. So I've been so passionate about it, and I've been so passionate about cultivating it and really trying to make sure that I've, I'm in the presence of God as much as possible and inviting him into my life every day so I can cultivate the fruits of the spirit and feel peace and feel joy and feel love like I know we're meant to and so I think I expected every other Christian to feel as powerfully about it as I do <laughs> and so yeah my experience has been weird like I, I got on apps you know, of course the Christian dating apps and then the ones that weren't Christian, I made sure I had all over it that I'm a Jesus freak and I love, I love the Bible and I'm a passionate Christian. So, you know, if you're not go away, but you know, men don't really listen all the time. So, (laughs) so yeah, but I started talking to one guy and we went out on a couple dates and, that ended up being a flop as soon as I told him that I wanted to wait until marriage um before I had sex again. He just kind of slowly stopped talking to me and I was like, wait a second, you're a Christian, you should understand this. And then um, then I started talking to a guy that I probably shouldn't have been talking to and I'm just being real with you. He was attracted to my profile because I was talking about Jesus in it. This was a non-dating Christian app. And so he started asking me questions about Jesus. And then I found out that he was married. <laughs> and I continued to talk to him because I kept thinking, well, maybe Jesus, maybe God is working through me to um, show himself to this guy. And it it didn't end up like there was no like crazy anything that happened there. But anyway, still, I should have just been like, okay, bye. And then I started talking to this other guy, the middle of the summer last year. And he was literally on paper, the perfect Christian man. Um, And we had really, really great conversations about about God. And he was very knowledgeable about scripture. And it was great. But also, I Realized that he was a completely different person around his friends and he did not have the greatest group of people around him. Like none of his friends were Christian and a lot of them actually uh, gave him a hard time about his religion and he kind of, it, it it almost felt like he fell into that himself when he was around them and he turned into a different person and I dealt with that for about two and a half months and he wasn't the nicest person in the world. But I had convinced myself, this guy is perfect on paper, so if he's treating me this way, I guess this is just what Chris, how Christian men, how it's supposed to be with a Christian man. And finally, two and a half months in, I was like, I can't do this anymore, and I found that I felt further away from my own relationship with God than I had at all, and I fell back into doing some of the stuff that I had done before I knew Jesus. I fell back into just being like, well, you know, if if Christian men are going to treat me the same way that non-Christian men are, you know, maybe I'm just wrong about this whole thing. And I started second guessing it and it was just a really awful feeling. And so for a few weeks, I fell back into going out and drinking a lot. And I ended up meeting a guy that was absolutely great, non-Christian, but he, his lifestyle, you know, his life is very centered around, you know, he's younger than me. He's doing a lot of the same stuff I did when I was in my twenties. And, you know, he, he doesn't know Jesus and he doesn't know God, but he was a great guy. And even though that didn't work out it ended up helping me get back to God because he was very supportive about my beliefs and encouraging about me sticking to my beliefs, which so it's all been, it's just all been very interesting. And I learned so, so much, but above all of it, I learned that I think I'm still not ready to be dating and it's something that kind of sucked to discover especially being in my 30s and how badly I've wanted a partner and a family since I can remember but just I just realized from last year that I'm still I still have a not very healthy perspective of people and I still put them on pedestals. And that comes from my codependency. And it's I've healed so much from that. But I still have bits and pieces that I still struggle surrendering to God that I still try to control. And um, I'm still using the attention of men to determine my value as a woman. I mean, it just comes down to that. As much as As I've grown from that, I'm still doing it. You know, it's not to the degree that I used to, but I still get distracted from my own life when I'm dating and I still sacrifice deep beliefs and values I have in order to pursue a dating relationship. You know, I still work really hard to get men to understand me and I feel devalued when they don't. So I've decided with all of that, that this year... I am going to actively not date. I'm going to continue to pursue my relationship with God and practice a lot of self-control. I'm going to do the best that I can because it's very, very hard. I'm going to continue um, in fellowship and worship and prayer and spending a lot of time with the people that I know can pour into me and focusing on what I have to offer the world. But with that said, you know, it's hard. It's really, really hard. I will be really honest. Like I said before, when one of your biggest dreams in your life has been just to experience true love with a partner and have a family and you're in your mid thirties and you know that you have to let go of control and stop trying to control that into your life. So That's what I'm doing. You know, I'm letting go of that. Knowing that God has put that in my heart for a reason and continuing to have faith and continuing to believe that that's going to happen for me. But just letting go of the when, it's really, really difficult. But I believe that when you focus on God, when you focus on your relationship with God and what he's trying to do in your life and you just have faith, the timing will be right. And it will be... God's best but when you try to control it into your life on your own you might have something good but it won't be God's best. So there are a few things uh, that I think are substantial that I've learned in the last year and just in my whole dating um, process in general and I was actually going through I journal like journaling has been a huge thing for me and I think I'm going to start sharing my journal entries, because sometimes when you get to a certain point of growth and you want to share where you've been, it's kind of hard to connect with that emotionally, like to remember how that actually felt. So I think it's really, it, it helps a lot when I can go back through my journal entries and be like, oh my gosh, I remember feeling that way because it's written down and I can connect to it better. There were a couple things and this is from the middle of of 2020, you know, that was the year that I wasn't dating, but I also don't want you to think that it was just like, Oh, you know, this is like, I'm having the best time. Cause it was great for me. It was a great experience, but it did, you know, I did have to practice self-control and I remember actually the end of 2020, I think it was the end of 2020, um, there was a situation that I was in where I had had a couple of drinks. It wasn't anything crazy or unhealthy, but, um, there was a guy that I was, that was in the same situation as me and he tried to kiss me. And I actually said no, and it might sound silly, but that was a huge, huge moment for me because I never would have been able to do that before. Before for me, it was a free for all you know, call it what you want. I struggled a lot. I just wanted men to pay attention to me. I didn't care what it took. That's what I struggled with in my life. So, to be able to have that self-control especially after having a couple of drinks, that was huge for me. But still great year, but there um there's a couple things in my journal from August of 2020 that I want to share. One of them is Um, I know my head is still clouded with my need for a worldly relationship. I think it's still a work in progress. It seems to be where I go when there is a fear block keeping me from focusing on the right thing. I think this feeling of uncertainty, fear, and the lack of clarity I have in what you mean for me to do kind of pushes me to distract by putting a relationship or the pursuit of a relationship in your spot. And just so you know, for some context, when I journal, I journal as if I'm talking to God. So that's how my whole relationship with God started is I just, I journaled, but I did it as if I was writing a letter to God. And I've done that ever since, since the end of 2018. And it's so therapeutic for me. And it really helps me feel like um, I'm in the presence of God every day. So I said that and in the same entry, I said something similar I know I allow jealousy to overwhelm me regarding my friends and others who are in relationships. I know I spend a lot of time wondering about the person you have for me. And I also still think about ways in which I might meet him. I still create narratives in my head about it all when I'm feeling lonely and unable to do things on my own. I'm still putting this potential person in my God spot. So now that I'm reading this, I remember 2020 is also the year that one of my friends had a baby, one of my friends got pregnant, and two of my friends got married. And again, I, you know, with me and, and having that being such a dream in my life, that was really hard. So I was going through this year not dating, still wanting to have a family, seeing my friends experiencing this. And still trying to be faithful to God and practicing self-awareness and inviting him into my life every day so I could continue to be faithful and move forward in my own journey um, in the way that he wanted me to. So I don't know if you've ever experienced feeling like this, but sometimes a big thing that I've realized, especially in this past year, is that... Sometimes when we have a dream, um, we try really, really, really hard to control it into our lives in our own timing, and when we do that, we end up with something that wasn't meant for us, and it ends up causing us more suffering, and it's really hard to let go of that. It's really hard to let go of trying to control that, and it's especially, it's almost impossible to do that unless you understand the will of God, unless you understand a relationship with Jesus and you understand how, how we actually work as humans, according to the Bible. And, you know, before I, I always thought the Bible was just a bunch of rules. And, you know, if you didn't follow them, you'd walk into church and burst into flames, you know, like most people think. I I thought that way too. I thought that having a relationship with God meant fitting yourself into a box and being perfect and having to be modest and chaining yourself to a certain way of life. But what I learned is that it actually breaks chains. What I learned is that we're actually shoved into boxes and we have chains from the world. The world is what chains us to a certain way of living. And the world is what shoves us into these boxes that cause anxiety and depression and causes us to turn to coping mechanisms that are unhealthy. And it's when you start pursuing a relationship with Jesus that you can break these chains and you start to feel free. And yeah, there are, I mean, like self-control is a, is a really big thing. It's a really big thing in your walk with Jesus, like knowing When something is not good for you and it's not going to benefit you and choosing not to engage in it in the moment, even though, you know, it might make you feel good in the moment because, you know, in the future, it's going to cause more problems. That's a really big thing in Christianity. And I think when you don't understand, uh, when you don't understand this relationship with God, you, you think it means that, oh, you can't do whatever you want to do, but no, it's just. Because God wants to love you, he doesn't want to see you destroy your life. And practicing self-control around things that the world tells you is right for your life is actually going to make you happier and it's going to make you feel more fulfilled and it's going to help you understand love and help you be able to give love to the people around you instead of falling into destruction because we're just, we've been taught that Um, immediate gratification is something that we should pursue and it's not. Uh, That's been a big thing for me. That's really, really hard. But I know when I practice self-control around the things that I used to engage in, like drinking or casual sex or just anything mindless that distracts me, I know when I practice self-control around these things, I feel so much better. I feel more energized. It's very, it's hard to explain if I... Being in relationship with God has, has helped me get to that point. And it's just, it's so freeing and it's chain breaking and it's amazing. So this is what I'm talking about when I say things like putting a potential relationship in my God spot. I know that I need to put God first. And if I'm putting a relationship over God, I'm going to end up with something that is not meant for me. So me trying to control the timing of a relationship and, you know, trying to find somebody on my own and, and you know, ending up sacrificing my beliefs and values just to have a person in my life. That is putting a relationship in my God spot where if I just focus on God and I let him do his work in me and I let him change me, I know that I'm going to find the person the right person for me at the right time. God is going to bring him into my life because I've focused my attention on God and I haven't been putting other things in that spot. And we do that with a lot of things. We do it with shopping. We do it with drinking. We do it with drugs. We do it with money. We do it with sex. We do it with power. We use, we think those things are making us happy when all they're doing is distracting us from true fulfillment and true happiness. They're just distracting us from dealing with what we should be dealing with. You know, and all of this stuff stems from fear and comparison when we're constantly comparing our lives to other people's, especially when we're on social media all the time. And, you know, I talk about this all the time. We're constantly on social media and scrolling and seeing everybody else having the lives that we want. Or we see everybody in our world, like I said in my journal, getting the dream that we have in our heart. And it happening for them and it's not happening for us it's so easy to compare and let fear make us be irrational and and make choices that we shouldn't be making and for me it's also been you know I've had in my heart for like I said almost six years now that I wanted to make an impact and I have a lot of experience doing it online whether it's facilitating support groups on Facebook or podcasting here blogging or just whatever, um, writing posts to help people to share my story and let people know they're not alone and there is hope. Sometimes it's very scary to move forward with that because it feels like failing. If I don't like, if I'm not making money from it or if I, if I don't get anybody telling me that it's helping them, um, Or I can't be consistent with it because somebody, because something has happened in my life that I have to pay attention to over being online. It feels like failing and that fear of failing keeps me wanting to distract with other things. You know, I have this dream for my life that I believe God has put in my heart for a reason. But I also have this other dream. So maybe I should focus on this other dream of having a, you know, having a partner. And and, um, so that's what I do instead. Because it seems like chasing a man is easier than trying to figure out how to successfully help people <laughs> sometimes. Um, so that's been, that's been a big thing for me. So that's something to be aware of too. You know, just sometimes I just, I just want to ask you to really just sit and ask yourself why you are pursuing the things you're pursuing And if they're really making you happy and if you really think that they are moving you forward in a direction of wholeness and fulfillment and just be really honest with yourself and do it, try to do it in a way that doesn't create shame and guilt because we're human and everybody struggles, everybody struggles. It's just that you don't hear it from a lot of people. Most of the people you see or you hear from are just sharing the things that uh, their successes and the things that they're being successful with. They're not sharing, you know, the behind the scenes. So just if you're if you're trying to practice awareness and you're really getting true with yourself, just just try to do it in a way that's like, you know what? This is what's going on and it's not the greatest, but I need to know this in order to move forward in a way that will work for me. Yeah, that's just something I would suggest. And something else that I have really learned and it's something that I've known and it's something that you hear about all the time just real it's so important to know that in relationships you do not choose somebody by your words you choose them by your actions actions are so are more important than anything in the world and I've experienced this so deeply the last year where you know in relationships in general it's a lot of promises a lot of talk, a lot of sweet talk um, that can be very flattering and it can help you create this idea in your head um, that something is going to look a certain way in the future. But if their actions are not lining up with the words that they are saying, get out of that situation. because. There, there is nothing, I mean, literally all they have to do if they're sweet talking you and that's enough, that's all they're going to do for the rest of your relationship. If that is enough for you, they're not going to feel like they have to make any changes or they have to actually take action on their words because you're teaching them that they don't have to by being okay with just the words they're speaking into your life. So that's been a big thing for me. Something we hear about all the time and something we know to be true, but sometimes we just get really, really clouded by people's words and we can't do that because then we just start, like I said before, we start developing this false sense of reality and we start imagining a life with this person based on the words that they're saying and we're not we're not paying attention to what's actually happening. Okay, I'm going to stop there. I had actually recorded more um, going on about one of the biggest things that just drives me crazy that I'm learning is actually acceptable to be driven crazy about, (laughs) especially the last year from my experiences. But I think I want to make that into the next episode because I have a lot to say about it. And I'm just so, so, so passionate about it. So we're going to cut it here and I'll talk about it in the next episode. I hope you have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you soon. Love ya.